Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Rally. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce. Joe, the Flyers are coming off an interesting back-to-back. They win in Detroit on Saturday, 2-1. to one. They come home on Sunday to face a really good Winnipeg Jets team. They lose 5-3. to three. They fell down 3 nothing early in the first period. Fight back to tie it up but still lose 5-3. to three. Joe, a busy stretch for the team. It's five, game in, five games in seven days. In total, coming up here with the games next week, nine games in 15 days. Busy stretch. I wonder if the Flyers are hitting somewhat of a wall, Joe. What do you think? What have you seen? Well, that may be the case, but what I will say is if this is them hitting their wall um, – A, it's not that bad, and B, I think any team would hit these kind of walls. I mean, just take the last two games if you you want to just break it down into segments. I mean, they go to Detroit and they grind out a win, uh, you know, an ugly game, a boring game, quite frankly. And, you know, they're like Torts, I believe, said after it was just a matter of not blinking first, and they didn't do that. And then they scored two because they needed to. So, you know, they ended up needing the two goals in that game. So that was big. And then you go back to last night's game and you get down 3 nothing early and it's a back-to-back. And, you know, you could – they're pro athletes, so I don't want to say you could understand, but you could totally see where they might wave the white flag and just say, all right, this isn't our night, and you end up getting run out of your own building. And that doesn't happen. They come back and tie it. And then, I mean, quite frankly, a soft goal beats them. I mean, it's it, you know Felix Sandstrom himself said that it, that that's a goal that can't go in. That happens, and that's why they lose last night. But I was impressed with their play over the second and most of the third period. Uh, quite frankly, I thought they were the better team after the first period for for much of that game. Um, they were the better team. They don't have the better talent. And that's the problem because, you know, they're running, you know, the Kyle Connor and Blake, Blake Wheeler and those guys out there. And um, the Flyers don't just don't have that much that type of skill on their team outside of a few guys. So um, but if this is hitting a wall, I'll, I'll take it. I mean, the schedule's been tough, but it's not as if they're. They're not showing signs of a a team that's about to go into, you know, well, these 10 game slides that we've seen over the last two seasons. uh, I don't see that because this team, they, I mean, how many games this year have we seen them go down by multiple goals and then come back and, and make it a game or win, you know? And so Maybe they're hitting a little bit of a wall, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. And I also don't know what team in this league wouldn't hit a wall, you know, when your schedule gets like this. And everybody plays the same kind of schedule. So, you know, teams go through these peaks and valleys. You look at some of the best teams in the league. I mean, they all go outside of maybe the Bruins this year. Everybody goes through these kinds of funks where they're having – back to back and five and seven and, you know, those kind of things. And it just part of being a good team, a a contending team, a a team that has playoff aspirations, which 
at the beginning of the season, I certainly would have said, wouldn't have said that this team is in that category. I, I don't know now. I don't think they're a playoff team. The way they talk, they think they're – it seems like they think they could be. And these are the kind of things you have to deal with and kind of persevere through if you want to be one of those teams. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's definitely a far cry from last year in the sense that the most notable thing in my mind during this 9-4-0 stretch since the holiday break is that they haven't lost consecutive games. Uh, last year, for a team that went through two double-digit skids, and they went through another one earlier this season, they haven't let one loss turn into another. And that's, to me, one of the most uh, notable things during this stretch is responding to losses. They have a, stre- they have a chance now to respond to another loss. Uh, but that's that's a big thing in my mind. And, yeah, the wall that I think they might be hitting is just offensively. Like, when, when you're fatigued, uh, that definitely impacts the ability to finish. And they were scoring goals at a much higher clip. They've come back to earth now a little bit from a goal-scoring standpoint, are starting to kind of have to grind out games, get back in that low-scoring nature of, of games, which is not a terrible thing because I think teams need to find out how to wait. They need to find a way to win games that way too. Uh, when they're not feeling super fresh, they're on the second night of a back-to-back or a busy stretch. Uh, you're not feeling great uh, body-wise. How do you how do you find a way to win? And it, they've been in a couple of these situations now. They've found a way to win in a couple of these games. And yeah, Joe, I thought that was really telling last night that uh, maybe last year they get run out of the building there instead. Oh, I think they definitely get run out of the yeah. building last year. Um, yeah. And, you know, I just just to follow your point, what you just said there about hitting a wall offensively, the, the concerning thing I would say is you're. I feel like guys like Konechny and Faraby, and a, there, there's a few other guys that are a little less noticeable in this last stretch of games. Now, Konechny's always noticeable because he's always doing other stuff. I'm just talking about on at the offensive end. I don't feel like we're sitting there saying, man, this guy's scoring every night anymore. And and Faraby, quite frankly, I, I just I don't I don't know where his consistency has gone this season because um there were games where he's everywhere. Um we've seen a couple of them this year, but overall I feel like he's been pretty disappointing this season so far in terms of production. Um you're just not seeing that guy that we talked about in the off season and parts of last season where we talked about him as a guy, the flyers were going to look to, to go out and get us some offense. I don't see him as that guy this year. And I'm not sure what the reason is for it. John Tortorella has talked about it. Um, you know, him not wanting to use that injury as an excuse, but if that's, um, if that's the kind of stuff, like you've said, an offensive wall, those are a couple of things I've been thinking. I was, I was thinking it during the game last night that connecting just seems a little less um, electric, maybe is the word, because yeah. it seemed like he was everywhere uh, for 
a good part of the season. And then over the last few weeks, two weeks, three weeks, maybe a little less so. And I think that part is the part where you'd be a little concerned or you just look at the schedule and say, look at this. There's back-to-backs with travel in the middle and there's, you know, they start the month with a West Coast trip and they come back and then they're on the road. You know, it's it's a tough point in the schedule. And I believe John Tortorella called them the dog days the other night. And then we talked about it with Scott the other night, last night on the pregame show, just how challenging those days are, those that part of the season. And, you know, he said it's a grind. And he said, quite frankly, you know, John Tortorella is not a guy that is big on chalking up things to, hey, it's the dog days. We're going to have some down games. It's not really – he doesn't just kind of sit back and let that happen. So, you know – Maybe they're a little worn down, so this break will come at the, you know, the perfect time, I think. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Joe, we saw what they could do out of the holiday break, which isn't going to be as long as the break coming up after this stretch of games this week. They'll they'll have eight days between games um, coming up here. So maybe that could really do wonders for this team, but it'll be, I think, telling to see how they finish up here uh, before the break because they're fighting through a busy stretch. And we always look for signs of growth and how is this team different from last year and are they getting better? And one thing I think you want to see is fight through stretches where there's some adversity, whether it be a a couple of losses, uh, some injuries, crop up or a busy stretch of games and you need to battle through um, the, the really good teams find a way to do it, whether it be uh, layers of depth that they have that some guys stepping up or um, guys that have kind of been around and done that. And they understand getting through when they're not at their best. Uh, So I think this will be certainly a telling stretch ahead. Joe, you mentioned the goal given up by Felix Sandstrom. It's a 3-3 game. The Flyers just kill off 28 seconds of a 5-on-3, then the ensuing 5-on-4, and it looks like that's a momentum-changing sequence. Like, they just tie it up. They go through a big stretch of killing off penalties, and you really think, man, they could win this game. And then Felix Sandstrom kind of left, you know, he lets up a softie. It was a goal that the guy kind of even whiffed on, and it kind of just slides through his leg. He was very accountable after the game, said he needs to stop that puck. And I think it makes everyone think, where's Samuel Harrison? Why is he not still here? What did you think of the decision with waivers included on Felix Sandstrom and Harrison going down? What did you think? Well, I mean, it's it's tough. And if you don't understand the intricacies of it and you're just looking at it like this guy was playing this way and they sent him down – it doesn't make any sense, but it does make sense in the there's a shortage of goalies in this league. And the Flyers can't they couldn't send Sandstrom, you know, they couldn't keep Sandstrom with the Phantoms past the conditioning assignment without him clearing waivers. And my guess is the information they received was that he would not clear waivers. And they also want Samuel Harrison to play. And that's where he'll play. Now that said, after last night, who knows? You know, um, but I do anticipate them riding Carter Hart here right into the break. Um, You don't have a back-to-back game. You have a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday long break. 
my sense is Carter gets the three starts and then you kind of reassess over the break. Um, but I don't know. I mean, we know John Tortorello was very high on Samuel Harrison. He was high on him at training camp. And then when he came up the way he was playing, you know, so does he kind of maybe try to impose his will and Harrison becomes the backup goaltender for the remainder of the season? I don't know. I mean, they have to take the risk of losing Sandstrom and something tells me some piece of information that Chuck Fletcher and Danny Briere had said that Sandstrom would not clear waivers and they would end up losing him. And that's why they made the move they did with Erson. And I mean, you can't really fault them. Um, the team went into this season with kind of a lack of a plan at backup goaltender. I mean, the past two seasons, you had Martin Jones, and it was clear that was your backup goalie. I don't know that the plans were as clear this year, and I guess they were trying to protect themselves. But if you're trying to win games and you're looking for the best opportunity, I'm, I, I think we'd probably all be in an agreement that Samuel Harrison's the best opportunity to have to win games in the games when Carter needs a spell. And um, – they would need to find a way to make that happen. If anything, I thought Samuel Erson really proved himself up here and opened some eyes and made a very loud, strong case to be the backup. And now it's Felix Sandstrom's turn to, to kind of answer the bell and either feel the competition or almost let Samuel Erson take the future job. But the Flyers, I thought, made a fine decision. You don't want to lose Felix Sandstrom on waivers. He would have to go through waivers to go to the Phantoms and stay there for good. And he's 26. He's under team control for this for the rest of this season and next season. And you could use that. Like it's a 26-year-old goalie that has some promise, was a former third-round pick in 2015. And you don't want to lose that for nothing. So I, I don't really see big issues with it. If the Flyers were contending and they were like in the heat of a playoff race, I would say, hey, keep Arison up here. He's the proven backup that's winning games can push Carter Hart, gives you a chance to win when Hart's in or not, but they're not. And they're in the team's in transition. If the games get bigger and maybe they want to make a decision there where Sandstrom's really proving he can't be dependable at all in net, then you can go to Arison, but they're not in that spot and let Arison go down, play a ton of games, help the Phantoms in their playoff race, be the guy and figure out what you have in Sandstrom now, and you don't want to lose him for nothing. Uh, and maybe Sandstrom could be a trade chip down the line come the trade deadline, come the summer. Uh, he, he gives you depth next year if he's still here. And I, I think he's better than what he's shown. I don't think he's gotten a lot of help either. If you look at his games, he has not gotten the run support that Erson and Hart at times has gotten. So give him some time. I, I wouldn't think he's what he's shown. And if you look at his numbers, you think, wow, this guy is, might not be an NHL goalie. I, I think he can, he can do more uh, if he gets a little more help. Uh, but yes, I, to hit, get, give him credit. I thought he was very accountable, Joe, after that goal. Um, Absolutely. And if you take the fourth, I mean, the fourth goal aside, the, in the first period, he, he didn't get any help. Like you said, no. he didn't get help from his defensemen. I mean, there were giveaways and turnovers. They turned into, to, fast breaks the other way. And when you have players like Mark Shifley and Kyle Connor, Blake Wheeler, these are, these are high flying players that 
know how to set each other up. They're, I mean, this is a second-place team that, with the win last night, I believe, moved into a tie or jumped the, t- the Dallas Stars in front of them in their division. They're one of the best teams in the Western Conference. And if you start turning the puck over and not taking care of it, this is what happens. Transition, and they score. And John Tortorella said it afterwards. Two breakdowns, and they both end up in the net. And then, I mean, the tip, he, you know, the one goal is a tip goal. The other two goals, breakdowns, it ends up in the back of the net. And uh, as he said all season long, this is not a team that can afford to make those mistakes because they can't recover from them. Last night they recovered from them, and then it turned out that the the the, the soft goal was the, the the mistake, if you will, that they couldn't recover from. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, he didn't get a lot of help, but then he did lock it down for most of the rest of the game. So, you know, it's not like the guy was – he wasn't a sieve all night or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, he showed what he could do. And, you know, it's not as if the the Jets took the pedal, you know, came off the pedal in the second period. They – it's the same players out there. Uh, there were power plays that they didn't score on. And Sandstrom was put to the test and he made the saves and he just let us off one end at the end. Opioid addiction is a national public health crisis. The Someone You Know podcast from the Independence Blue Cross Foundation offers inspiring stories that challenge stigma, offer hope, and humanizes the disease of addiction. Download the new season three of Someone You Know on all major podcast platforms. Joe, Kevin Hayes is the Flyers all-star, and it seems like he's really turned it up a notch recently offensively. 13 points in his last 11 games. He had two power play goals in that loss to the Jets. It it was nice to see the power play start to get going a little bit. The Jets had the second-best PK in the league, and they scored twice on it. So uh, Kevin Hayes, I thought, has kind of answered the bell here. And to me, he's shown some veteran leadership, uh, along with Scott Lawton, who's almost been a point-per-game guy over like the last 23 games. I think he's got 21 points. So when you have some young players that are perhaps hitting a stretch that they're not really used to in terms of playing this many games and this many number of days, you have a couple of veteran guys that have stepped up. And I thought Hayes, of Lawton, Hayes and Lawton have done that. What have you seen from those two? Yeah, I mean, last night, uh, I mean – both of those goals Hayes scored last night. It's, I mean, the one definitely. The, these are not easy goals to score. I mean, they're the one he's basically on the goal line, mm. and then the other one is, you know, a perfect bounce off the goalie pads to him, and you know he he doesn't miss, and that's you know that's what you want to see from him. I mean, when you have opportunities like that to be, um, you know, to be cashing in on them. And Lawton to me has always been a Swiss army knife for this team. He could play up and down the lineup. He does whatever's asked. He kills penalties. He could play on the power play. Um, and he, and, and he really is a, a leader on this team. Um, and you know, you can see, just by the simple fact that you can see how many times the flyers have him out there talking after games, mm-hmm. you can see he really is a guy that, speaks for this team he is uh he is a a captain like type of player and um he seems to always be there for what this team needs and you know not only is he killing penalties but he's scoring and creating uh shorthanded goals consistently i mean it feels like now they're 
they're out there when they're on the kill, they're thriving on trying to get penalty, um, you know, shorthanded goals. And that's, I, I mean, Lawton's the one that started that trend. He's been that way for a couple of years now. And, you know, I just think that that's, um, it's kind of a new wrinkle where you go out there and you, you try to take advantage of your disadvantage, I guess, if that makes any sense. But this team has managed to do it somewhat regularly. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm impressed with both of those guys. And, you know, I, I feel like Kevin Hayes is one of those guys where just when you start to say, where has Hayes been? He'll have a game. He'll have a stretch of games like these last two or, you know, two of the last three with the hat trick and then the t- and the two goals. You know, it's it's really um, it, it's what you need from your veterans, your leaders, your highest paid players, your you know your top six forwards. And um, the Flyers would definitely like more consistency, but you know they'll take what they can get right now, and maybe this leads to more consistency. Absolutely, and I'm sure you know a lot of people. You know, it was probably a good portion of people that uh, wanted Travis Connecty to be an all-star, thought he was deserving. But, I mean, I think Kevin Hayes is very deserving, too. Look at his numbers and what he's done from the start to the to this point of the season. He's been very consistent, scoring almost every night. He's moved around. He's playing wing now. Um, I, I thought he's done a lot. I think he's been there. He's been a guy, you, you, you can say he's been there almost every single night. And he's been through some wars with John Tortorella in terms of moving positions, being benched for a couple of third periods, being benched for a game. Um, I, I think if you put a couple of different players in that same situation, I'm not sure they respond the, the same way. I mean, to me, he's been a guy that's said, hey, I can take I can take the beatings from the coach and I can still get back up and be the same guy in the locker room, be the same offensive player on the ice. I'm sure the Flyers want to see different things, maybe defensively from him. And seeing him be more of a force on the PK like he's been in the past. But he's been there kind of every single night offensively and has had the same personality in the locker room. Uh, I think all good things there for sure. Yeah. The only thing I'll say with Hayes in terms of consistency, more of what I'm referring to is smarter decisions with the puck. We've seen at times this year him him make some careless-looking turnovers. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think those have been the things that have led to – battles with the coach um we've seen him kind of dangle with the puck around his own blue around the offensive blue line with nobody behind him and that's always a a very very dicey um thing and we've seen it go the other way on him at -hmm. times and that's where i think he he would need to needs to button up the game a little bit is is the um the decision making with the puck and protecting the puck and really just not being so willing to hand the momentum to uh, to the opponent um, and willing to give them odd man rushes and so forth. And like you said, if he could be a little more of a force on the penalty kill, because we know that was such a valuable part of his game when they first signed him here, you know, he would rag the puck and kill penalties himself. And we haven't really seen a ton of that. So I'm sure the Flyers would like to see more of that going forward. Joe, let's tee up this final stretch of games here before the break. Tuesday against the Kings at home. Thursday against the Wild in Minnesota. And Saturday against the Jets in Winnipeg. 
Joe, what, what do you think the goal should be for the Flyers? In my mind, I think it would be really nice to see them, if you're a fan of the team or your management, it would be nice to see them take two of, two of these three games. That would actually have them at Hockey 500 going into this extended break, which includes the All-Star break. I think that'd be a nice little spot for the team. If you're at Hockey 500 for this extended break, I think that will be major strides. If you look back, they didn't win their 20th game until March 20th last year. This season, they already have 20 wins. Uh, I think Hockey 500 would be a nice spot for them. What do you think? Yeah, I think two of three is is really what you go into this last stretch looking for. Now, they're playing three good teams, two of those on the road. One of them they just saw last night. So that's not going to get any easier in Winnipeg, and that's your last game before the break. So there's that trap to deal with as well, and also the Winnipeg in January trap. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I'm sure it'll be a balmy single-digit degree temperature out there, if not a negative. So um, – and Minnesota, the same thing. And that's a team that they're not super familiar with, um, but a good team in the Western Conference. And then the Kings aren't going to – I don't think the Kings are going to come in here and make it easy on them because the Flyers beat them in L.A. earlier this month. So I, I you know that's going to be on their mind, and they're a team with playoff aspirations. So I, I don't think any of these games are going to be easy, but I think you go in and you say, let's try to take two out of three – but you can't take two out of three until you win the first one. So what a bet, the best way to do that is win the one game that's at home. Hmm. So, you know, that would be their best chance, I think, is they have to win against the Kings, a team they've already beat this season, uh, and then head out on the road for the, the Minnesota and Winnipeg games. Yeah, and two of three would give them a chance at preventing consecutive losses, which I think would be <clears> – <throat> such a sign of growth if they go from the holiday break to this extended break with the all-star break without consecutive losses. Like to me, that would say so much about where they've come from last year, where double digit skids almost became the norm, which is scary. Uh, so yeah, that would be another sign of growth. And I think that those are the things you're looking to see from the Flyers this year. I don't think people are looking for them to be in a playoff race. Um, if they are, it's a major kind of, icing on the cake type of thing. You get a little playoff uh, talk and chatter and all that fun stuff, but really you're just looking for signs of growth. I think that would be another one. But we'll have all the coverage coming up uh, on Flyers Talk Podcast. Plenty more to go, and we'll have coverage over the break as well. We'll have plenty to talk about, and we'll cover it all right here. Joe Fordyce, Flyers pre- and post-game live producer, thank you so much. Great seeing you. Great chatting with you. A major thank you to Ben Barry, our podcast producer and guru. And Flyers fans, of course, as always, thank you so much for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Rally. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we can't wait to talk to you next time. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.